Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. All right, you guys, I hope you guys are enjoying your Monday. So I'm back here with another podcast for the Tea Sippers, and I got my homeboy Tiny here with me. Hello. (laughs) So we want to go ahead and do a podcast about this whole Joe Budden, Charlemagne the God drama. If you guys do not know, earlier today on Instagram and on my Facebook page, I had posted basically a snippet because I was watching tiny caught me was like you got to watch uh the Joe button Charlemagne thing he's responding to Charlemagne and as I was watching it I basically heard Joe stating a lot of my same talking points from my live stream that I did about him um a few days ago about his humiliation ritual that he was going through so I'm going to go ahead and play you guys that audio really quick I'm going to play you guys the audio of me Um, On the live stream, the one that I privated, but you can still listen to it on the podcast. I'm going to play you guys a snippet of that, and then I'll be right back. If you guys don't know, before the Tahiri situation happened, Joe Budden and Charlemagne the God were beefing. Put a teacup if you guys know that. They were beefing before all this abuse stuff came out with Tahiri. Charlemagne the God called out Joe Budden. Said that he didn't understand business because Joe Budden is saying that he's leaving Spotify. Spotify is racist. Okay, good. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Basically, it feels like Spotify is racist. <clears throat> Let me keep it real. Um, Joe Budden's podcast, I don't listen to it all the time, but I do listen to it when I can. I did like his podcast. I do like uh, Rory. Is that his name? Rory and Mal? Um, or Mal? Um I like listening to them. I think they have good synergy. And I was happy when they got their spot, their Spotify deal because I thought that was really dope that they could go from YouTube to getting a legitimate podcasting deal. That's what everybody wants at the end of the day. So they got this deal two years ago, okay? And what Joe Budden did with his fan base, with the, the fan base he was able to create from Everyday Struggle He basically bought a lot of black people, black men, black consumers to Spotify. So let's keep that real. He bought a lot of folks of color to Spotify who ordinarily would not have went to Spotify. But they went to follow Joe Budden because they enjoyed his podcast. One of my really good homeboys, he's a huge Joe Budden fan. He listens to every single podcast. And he keeps me abreast on the ones that I need to listen to. So he called me. He was letting me know about the whole Joe Button and Charlemagne thing. So I was listening to it and, you know, just kind of peeping game. So when it came time to negotiate the deal, they were literally trying to give Joe Button and his co- co-host, uh, what was it, Rolls, uh, not Rolls Royces, but Rolex watches, trying to give them what we call nigga trinkets. Instead of a check, we're just going to give you a Cadillac. We're going to give you a watch. We're going to give you some, you know, grills. And Joe's like, fuck no. We want to check. Y'all literally bought, uh, what's the other Joe? Joe Rogan. Y'all literally took him from YouTube, gave him a $100 million contract to be with Spotify for an for a extended amount of time, 
gave him all that money. Now, don't get me wrong. Joe Rogan's been in the game a long time. He's put in work. I enjoy his podcast. I, I listen to his podcast when I can. He's put in work over the years. I was super happy for him when he got that deal. Why? Because it gives competition to YouTube. YouTube needs competition. So wasn't nobody more happier than Joe Rogan getting that deal than TT. Because YouTube needs a competitor, right? But how do you sit there and give him a $100,000 deal? And then when Joe um, Budden is saying, well, hey, this is what we're worth. Here are our analytics. This is what we think we should get. And they tell him, no, we can only give you X amount of dollars. So Joe Budden walked away from the deal and was like, no, I know my worth. I'm not taking that. And I, and I agree with him. At some point in time, you have to know your worth. You have to know when people are bullshitting you, when they're insulting you. He bought a whole demographic of people to Spotify only to be used and shitted on. And he wasn't having it. Trust and believe a lot of that money that they're paying Joe Rogan probably came out of damn Joe Button's check. Let's keep that real. A lot of these companies will take from one person to go and pay another person that they feel is a bigger star. So Joe wasn't having it. And so then what ended up happening is that Charlemagne came out and was calling out Joe Budden and saying, well, you, you don't know about business and you can't compare yourself to Joe Rogan. You can't compare yourself to a network. And so then they had their back and forth. All right. So you guys just heard that. So that's what I was low-key describing. And then today, Joe Budden is literally reiterating everything I said. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys that audio. Go ahead and check this out. No coincidence that I come on this podcast and preach ownership and preach some of the uh, fuck nigga tendencies that some of these corporations have. And then magically, for the next two weeks, there's a Joe Budden smear campaign going on. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. I was just saying the internet is going to make the the dog jokes. That's all I was saying. Yeah, but when you say that, you step on the fact that there could be a smear campaign. Stop, stop, let me finish, Roy. Let me finish, Roy. Let me finish, Roy. Let me finish, Roy. Roy. For you, for you, for you, it may be two separate things. But let's put ourselves in the mind of the gentleman or gentle lady that has no idea that a smear campaign exists. And yeah. now how do you feel? Uh, both can be Some true. of us don't know. Both can be true. Some I of us people... don't know that there are third-party companies that you hire for this and this exact action. Yeah, they, they don't know they're part of the smear campaign. They're just making dog jokes. So what we're saying is the same thing. Yeah, some people are just making dog jokes because it's a funny thing at the moment in your mentions, not knowing they're part of this bigger plan and smear campaign. And what that's I, <laughs> no, that's true. What I'm I saying, probably joked during a smear campaign and didn't realize it either. What I'm saying is when you take a step back and just look at things, I can take a dog joke. Niggas have made dog jokes. When there's this overwhelming sense of PETA should come and shoot you. <laughs> yeah. It's probably because it's a little, little there's a smear campaign. Mm. Mm. When old domestic abuse allegations begin to just pop up one by one by one by one, 
chances are, if you know about smear campaigns, there might be one taking place. Now, contrary to popular belief, when we did our rant, our powerful, powerful rant about streaming services, DSPs, iHeart, and Charlemagne, because of the moment that we're in, a lot of black people recognize that the timing is a little weird and that a smear campaign might be taking place. And that would have to be done and executed by Spotify. There was never anything wrong. It was two people, or two companies rather, two networks rather, that did exactly what they set out to do. See, I was coming on here telling y'all that I never was asking for money and it's never been a money thing. And that's true. Some niggas judge people by what they have. Some of us judge people by what they've lost. All right, Tiny. So you just heard what Joe Budden was telling Roy and Mal. How did you feel when you first like heard what he was saying? Well, I was kind of blown away. Like, yeah, he was no lies were told. He's a stating fact. Like, it's just how convenient. Like, when he starts talking about this other business stuff, there's some Charlemagne hating. And then, so they start having their little back and forth. Like the Woolworths, all this other stuff that happened. Right. And, you know, I, I want to say this, because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, he clearly heard your stream or whatever, you know, regardless if he did or didn't. But I want to say a few things. That, I, I listened to the full two hours. And that podcast, he hit on so many good points. But he's been hitting on a lot of good points for like the past, what, two weeks at this whole back and forth when him and Charlemagne has been going on. Oh, yeah. Now, even though he's calling it a smear campaign, okay, I want to reiterate to Joe in the event he runs across this podcast, what you're going through is not technically a smear campaign. And this is why. Okay. A smear campaign is when somebody lies on you. If I just sit up here and I say, oh, I spread a rumor that, oh, Tiny, you know, had a threesome in my basement. You're (laughs) like, I've never been to your house. That's a smear campaign because I want to put a certain image out there of you. Right. And a lot of times when smear campaigns happen, the people who are behind smear campaigns tend to be very narcissistic people. Okay, I've been through my own smear campaign on social media. I've been through my own narcissistic attacks so I can recognize a smear campaign and a narcissistic attack when I see one. The difference is, though, when I went through it, those were unfounded lies. And to this day, nobody has a fucking receipt. Right. 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 Joe Budden's so-called smear campaign. It's not really lies. Joe (laughs) Budden has admitted to, you know, I'm saying he's been called out for putting his hands on some of his ex-girlfriends like Tahiri and Esther Baxter and a few others. Um, now, he did say during the podcast that the paperwork from court was fraudulent. That's what he's saying. Sin didn't say that, so I don't know. You know, they look legit, but you never know. So even if we say, okay, the paperwork that was talking about him masturbating the dog and, you know, him and Sin getting into a fight, let's just say that that paperwork was fake. Let's give him that, right? But the audio of Sin saying that, it's facts. That came from your baby's mother that you told that, that you told the world today that you still love, right? It also came from him. Exactly. Talking about, 
doing some to a little dog or whatever. Every everybody who wants a pet is gonna go some down there, like right. So that's that's the difference. So it's not fair to call this a smear campaign when literally everything I can't verify the paperwork, but if he's saying it's fake, let's at least take that off the table. Everything else mm-hmm. is real. So that's not a smear campaign when it's the truth, right? The reason why I feel like this is a humiliation ritual, and that's what Joe needs to learn, that this is this goes deep, okay? The industry is deep. People want to look at the industry as if it's something, you know, like the, the industry is a community, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's a society. It's a, it's a community. Everybody can't get in. So they have to have ways to rein you in, right? Mm-hmm. So let's take the word humiliation, do people even understand where that word comes from? Okay. So humiliation, the root of it, it's a Latin word. The root of humiliation is humus, which means mm-hmm. earth or dirt. What do we always say in the hood when we got something got some on somebody? Dirt. Right. I got some dirt on you. Right. I got some dirt on them niggas. Oh, I got some dirt on this girl. You know, on social media, we call it tea. But in the hood, mm-hmm. we call it dirt. Well, that all comes from the word humiliation, right? So a a humiliation ritual is what's done in, like, different societies to enforce a particular social order, almost like a hazing ritual in college. You know, we want to break you. Right. We want to break you. You think you're this big, bad jock on the football team? Well, now I'm going to do this and belittle you and make you get drunk and possibly, you know, do a, a group sex or orgy, just whatever to keep you in line. It's no different than what they do in secret societies when they say like, Oh, um, you know that they keep dirt over each other's heads when they do P gate and stuff like that. Right. So what he's going through, he's mixing up smear campaign because that's the word that we use in modern terms. That's what will make more sense to his audience. He, he's not going to talk esoterical like I will. But what he's going through is not a smear campaign because a lot of the stuff that was said about him was not lies. Right. But regardless of that situation, it doesn't make it right. None of this is new tea. Everybody's been known about Joe Budden's, you know, background. He was able mm-hmm. to reinvent himself. And he has a very hardcore audience because I know you listen to his podcast. You're like a huge fan of his podcast, you know, because you always yeah. let me know what they're, you know, what they're on and what's, you know, going down for the day and stuff like that, you know, because I don't keep up with him. So that's what he needs to realize now to tie Charlemagne into this. I feel like because the more I listen to the podcast, it made more sense. Initially, I thought it was Spotify. Spotify felt away because he was leaving. But then when he was breaking it down and he was showing how many people that were attacking him were tied back to iHeartMedia, it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, this really goes deep. Exactly. So what did you think about that when that was all coming out? Um, You know, with all the connections with iHeart? It was kind of like, okay, I kind of can read between the lines and see how convenient everything kind of just tied together. It's kind of like, Somebody wants to get at you, and they don't want to really like be like obvious about it, but right. they still definitely want you to know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Like we need you to know it came from this direction, but we're not going to just directly let you know it's from us, but right? Because we know, don't want to ruin you know. our reputation with the public, right? 
And remember, I was saying this on my live stream yesterday. Even though Charlemagne the God is trying to start this business and, you know, so-called, you know, quote unquote, help other black podcasters, that's great. But like I said yesterday, I'm not going to ignore the fact that I find this very interesting that he took everything Joe was saying so personal. Joe never mentioned Mm -hmm. Charlemagne's name. He was just talking in, in specifics about black ownership and knowing your worth. And, you know, he bought this demographic to Spotify. You need to pay me my worth. You can't just pay me in nigga trinkets. And I agree with what he was saying 100%. So I found it fun. I remember you, me and you were talking about that. Like, why Charlemagne so pressed? Why is he, why are him and Andrew Schultz so heavily involved in the situation that really has nothing to do with them? Absolutely. You know, they're accusing him of being a bad uh, business person and he doesn't know how to negotiate. So when it came out the following week, which was just a few days ago, that he's doing this whole Black Effect Network Like I said yesterday, now it all makes sense. You jumped into it because, again, you want to trend. And so good or bad, trending is trending. So if I can jump into this and we go back and forth and have a public dispute and now I can hit everybody with this whole black network thing, now I'm going to look like the king. This is how else he ties into this. I believe that the narcissistic attack is coming from Charlemagne and iHeartRadio. And I say this because remember when um, when DJ Academics used to talk about Charlemagne all the time. Remember, Charlemagne at one point was his mentor. Yes. And they would talk all the time. And, you know, it was cool. DJ Academics was just a little YouTube guy. And then what happened? Remember, he got his deal with Complex and they bought on Joe Budden and they did, you know, the whole everyday struggle. What did Charlemagne do the whole time, that first few months when they were on? Oh, they're not going to last six months. Oh, they're too different. Remember? Before Joe messes it up. Mm hmm. Remember, it was all this unnecessary hate. Mm hmm. I'm glad you remember. So then you noticed him and DJ Academics fell off. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne started throwing shots at him on the Breakfast Club, and DJ Academics would go to Twitch and go off. And so it was it was eventually known to the public, like you know, they no longer they're not really cool. Yeah. And then now, it just I, I've noticed over the past few years since Joe Budden has had his podcast, there's been a lot of shots thrown at Joe from Charlemagne, yeah. and yeah. Joe has ignored it. You know, Mal um, ain't having it. He's like, I don't F with Charlemagne. It is what it is. And so what that tells me is this. Charlemagne seems like the type of person where I will support you as a friend as long as you don't surpass me. Oh, yeah, that's that. I want you to do well. I just want you to do better than me. Exactly. And that's the vibe I'm getting from him. And I feel like this is where all of this is coming from. Like I said yesterday... These two are looking at two different things. I will always give anybody props making a business move, regardless if it's the best or not. You know, it's a business move. You feel like you're doing something new. You're, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel. You're starting a new venture. Kudos to you. Right. So he's saying he owns 50 percent in the um, in his new podcast venture with iHeartRadio. Kudos. You know, if it's something for black podcasters, you know, to come and be under some umbrella and that's how you want to move. Cool. But what Joe Budden is doing is something different. And I agree 
that there's no reason, there's room for everybody to come to different tables to come with different ideas. So there was never no room, there was never no need, excuse me, to throw all this unnecessary shade at Joe for what? Y'all are moving in two different directions. Y'all have two different mentalities. We always get caught into this mentality of there only can be one. Kind of like with Hollywood or what you know they say about black comedians. They only have room for one at a time. That's why you can't have Dave Chappelle popping at the same time as Kevin Hart. You can't have Kevin Hart popping at the same time as Eddie Murphy. You couldn't have Eddie Murphy when Richard Pryor was popping. They only want to take one at a time. I think Charlamagne still subscribes to that type of belief. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it says a lot about his insecurities. Yeah, it says a lot about his own insecurities. And oh, also, yeah. I love the way Joe was breaking down the iHeart deal. And what really solidified it for me was when Nori called in. Mm. I'm a, right. I like Nori. Met him. Real cool brother. But the fact that he didn't even know the name of the <laughs> of what he signed, the you know that black, you know the podcast that you know that Charlemagne, you I don't know the name. Wait, you don't know? The, okay. Then when they asked him, well, are you getting paid? Yeah, you know, I'm getting paid something. Are you going to get some of that ad revenue? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, what was in the contract? I really don't know. It was a lot of I don't knows. That was disturbing. It was way too many I don't knows for people, not saying Nori, because, you know, I don't don't know what he brags about, but I'm just saying in general, for everybody who loves titles and wants to act like they're the boss. I'm the Mm -hmm. owner of Drink Champs. I'm the head host. But then when you ask them real business questions, it's all this mumbling. They don't know. They can't answer. What did Dane Dash say when he was on the breakfast club? Tell him. The boss is somebody who puts up all the money. Mm. Whoever puts up all the money is the boss. Facts. And that's what a lot of our people don't understand. And I've had to learn that, you know, dealing with people and not mixing business with friendships. Because people will always try and come in on the back end when something mm-hmm. is a well-oiled machine and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. But when you were struggling and putting up all your money, risking, don't know if this shit's going to take off or not, everybody else was holding on to their own chips. And then now that it's taken off, it's, oh, well, I want to be a partner. Hold up, buddy. That's not how it works. When you go into business with somebody, you bring your half of the money, I bring my half of the money, and we're investing, we're taking the same risk. If I'm the one taking all the financial risk, guess what? I am the boss. Period. Like our good friend Star would say, you got to bring some ass to get some ass. Facts. You know, it, it's just really interesting to see how much a lot of our people just don't understand business. They see a face and they automatically get excited. And they think that, you know, because it says black, it's supposedly black. Just like what happened with T.I., Everybody mm-hmm. thought him promoting that cryptocurrency was something, you know, for black empowerment to help black people. And you had a lot of black people who lost their money into that bullshit only to find out the face of that company was a white man. A film director had no a knowledge in director. finance. You that know, be illegal. yeah, you know, but the, the thing also that I want to mention, um, he made a really good point. When he was talking about how, and, I, and I've talked about this before, how this is a, a podcast pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. From what Joe Budden described, 
all he really did was tap already successful, you know, black influencers on social media, whatever, and bring them to iHeart. So Mm -hmm. all of those people, he may own 50% of it, but he's going to own 50% of the black people that he brought in. He's not going to own 50% of whatever iHeart has going on within the company. His 50% is those people. So he's basically eating and getting the check off of those folks that he brought in. That's not really like, you starting a whole business. It sounds like a record label. It sounds like Charlamagne mm. was the biggest artist on iHeart Record. And when he got super popular and should have been offered a piece of the company, they said, no, we'll just give you your own label. Now you can go out and sign a bunch of people and then you can, you know what I'm saying, gank them the way we're probably ganking you, but you'll look like this big CEO. And if you think about it historically, Every time a label had an artist that was kind of like really, really poppy, mm-hmm. what did they do? They threw him a little production deal. Now he sells two, 10 million albums. They offer him dirty ENT. Hell, Little Wayne's got to be the epitome of what we're talking about. Right. Uh, you're the CEO of Cash Money. Come on now. And it was all a title when it was all said and done. It was nothing more than a title. It was all. When they, when they push came to shove and they went to court, you found out that Little Wayne didn't even get fifty percent of the shit he brought to the table. Drake and Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. He probably, he was lucky to clear ten percent after everything was said and done. Another thing that's interesting, since we're talking about podcasts, Gilly, mm-hmm. Gilly and Wallow. I remember Gilly saying when he first fell out with Cash Money, it was over Baby wanting to buy out his publisher for three hundred thousand. Right? Mm-hmm. He went and was talking to Little Wayne about it. And Lil Wayne said, Gilly, what's publishing? Mm. He says everything right there. By comparison with this story, that's Charlemagne to Joe Budden. Yep. Joe Budden's like, hey, man, I'm not selling my publishing for no 300000 so this dude can make millions off of it. And Charlemagne's like, oh, so what's publishing? Mm-hmm. Joe Budden's trying to own something. Charlemagne's just trying to get a check. He just wants to look. Right. Master P said for years, problem with a lot of brothers is we want to be more famous than rich. Yep. And this is the result of that. You want a title. You want to look. You want to, you can be the president of anything. At the end of the day, do you own it? Right. If you leave, is it, is it going with you? Is it staying with the company? And, you yeah. know, for him to have been with iHeartRadio for 10 years, to me, I mean, granted he got this deal, and before I even knew the details of the deal, you know, I found out more today listening to Joe Budden you know, he don't put in work. They yeah. literally made iHeartRadio what it is, The Breakfast Club. Nobody was checking for damn iHeartRadio. You know, so they bought them so much viewership and, you know, people downloading the iHeartRadio app and all that stuff. So for them to not, to be able to negotiate 10 years later and they're not even giving you more than just bring some more of your black friends and you can eat off of them, that says a lot. For lack of a better term, it's pimps and hoes. Yeah. And I'll break that down for you. Mm-hmm. A pimp has a bottom chick, right? Mm-hmm. Part of what happens is, is he, she's the most loyal one. She recruits other girls to come in. And eventually, when she's washed up, he disguises her and gets rid of her. But his whole stable, all of his wealth is built on that one bottom chick. Charlemagne in the Breakfast Club would be the bottom chick for iHeartRadio. 
You mm. brought all these viewers in. You brought all this other talent in. And at the end of the day, you don't get to share any of the riches. They'll dress you up like a pimp would do. And you know what I'm saying? Let you look good. But at the end of the day, you don't have any type of, you have nothing but a title. Right. Right. You're just a glorified, you're a manager. You're I mean, not a boss, you're a manager. Right. And yeah. when you really think about it, you know, with everything with the deal broken down, he's really just managing these black mm-hmm. people that are going under this umbrella of black podcasters. And mm-hmm. to that, I say for the ones who went over there, are they getting the ad revenue or do they have to keep shouting out this company and that company and that company in order for them to get extra money? Cause I'm sure they signed the base salary package. Of course, nobody's going to do it for free. But when it comes to selling that advertisement that runs that you're not even having to shout out because there's going to be certain advertisements that run to promote iHeartRadio. Do they get any of that? Doubt it. Because the way Nori was talking, he has no idea. He had, like he didn't even know what ad, you know, revenue was. Yeah, yeah. He's like Wayne with the publishing thing. Yeah. Like, what? what's that? And then look how that ended up turning out. Gilly the Kid was on Cash Money way back when, what, the early 2000s? Mm-hmm. So look how many years Little Wayne sat up there, and then it ended up coming out that then he was robbing him, then he went on this whole smear campaign, <laughs> saying they were buddy years, and started dissing cash money. And but somebody was guilty of telling you years ago, you're getting taken advantage of, you're getting ganked, like you don't own anything. You're like, look what you brought to the table. And at the end of the day, maybe didn't have a come to Jesus moment and say, you know what? Wayne's right, or these fans are right. I should cut him in. No, they went at it until Universal stepped in and said, you know what? We'll pay Wayne the difference. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He still never really made it right with with, with him. And that's the same thing that's going to be with Charlemagne and iHeart. They're never going to bump you up because you 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 didn't negotiate for that. Right. They'll throw more money at you, but they're never going to throw ownership. No. And that's the difference. And I find it I find it very telling as well. Like Joe was mentioning, why is the Brilliant Idiots podcast not a part of that? You're a black man. You started it. We understand it's for black voices, but you're on that podcast. It's not like it's just Andrew and the other guy. So Mm -hmm. that says a lot, too. Like, that's like me starting this network, but I don't bring in Tea Time Unfiltered. Well, if I believe in it, why is my pod my podcast should be first before all these other people? So maybe Andrew yeah. Schultz, the white man, mm-hmm. is like, right. no, I'm good. Nah, yeah. I- I'm just saying um, something don't sound right. Something ain't had enough. And now that I think about it, this little tit for tat with Joe and Charlemagne goes way back. I remember a long time ago, during Joe Bunny's podcast, they never shot out any like businesses or advertisements or anything like that. If you listen to Charlemagne and in, in, in show, right in the middle of their podcast, they'll start like, yeah, Walgreens, uh, 24 hours a day and blah, blah, blah. They they do advertisements, right? they do ads right in the middle of their show. Mm-hmm. And I used to always be like, what the hell? And then I remember listening to Joe Bud's podcast and him talking about how whack that is. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you guys doing that? Like, all you podcasters are doing that. That's corny. You shouldn't be doing that. You should know your work. He's been, I'm thinking this is like two, three years ago when I heard that. That just came to my mind while I was sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, damn. So, 
they've always kind of had different visions and, and perspectives on how this should go. Right. And there's nothing wrong, you know, with shouting out an ad, because matter of fact, we have an yeah. ad to play today. So we'll right. go ahead and play the ad and come right back. Speaking of ads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I for real have an ad to put in here. <laughs> so today's show sponsors everyplate.com and I personally love them. I've used them several times. Um, basically with everyplate.com, you get to choose from 12 delicious affordable recipes. They put everything that you need in a box, ingredients, seasonings, uh, the meat, the potatoes, just whatever you order will be in that box for you to cook. Everything is freshly prepared, it saves time, and you can have a home-cooked meal in less than 30 minutes. Also, one thing to remember is that even at regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. So if you are interested in trying every plate, make sure you go to everyplate.com. I have a coupon code for you guys here. So the coupon code for every plate is going to be TEATIME3. Once again, that's tea time with the number three. Use that coupon code and you will get three weeks off of every plate meals for only $2.99 per meal. So make sure you guys use that coupon code when visiting the website and enjoy your every plate meal. All right, so we're back. So like I said, you know, hey, I'm 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 a little guy. You know, I'm not on Charlemagne or Joe's level, so I still have to, you know what I'm saying, throw in an ad placement here and there. But I definitely understand what Joe was saying because when you're negotiating a certain way, when you're getting an exclusive contract with a Spotify, there's no reason for you to be like, hey, shout out to Walmart. Right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because you've been cut that check. So now when Spotify runs it, they'll place the ad at the beginning and the show's not interrupted. Exactly. And that's how it should be. You know what I'm saying? But for us, you know, smaller podcasters still trying to get our feet wet, you do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go ahead and play this clip of Joe Budden talking a little bit further about the Charlemagne situation. So I want y'all to go ahead and listen to this and we're going to come back and talk about it. One podcast can generate nine figures. There's nothing else to discuss. There's nothing. That, hey, you know what? You know what the techie people look at the smear these these low level goofy ghetto smear campaigns as they look at it as love and hip hop shit. <laughs> it's not stopping anything for a product that is proven to generate nine figures. Stop talking about Joe as if Joe does bad business. You know the call I hung up from. You know the calls I'm hanging up from now. Hey, Joe. Name your price and I'll pay you. Name the stock and I'll pay you. Whoa, 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 whoa. No. <laughs> Don't pay me. Don't give me 100 million. Don't give me 200 million. Don't give me 50 million. I've never had 30 million. <laughs> I've never had it. Don't give me that. Tell me more about your, future, your, your three to five year plans for your company. That's what Joe is saying. What Joe is saying for the people that are confused is creators need to now participate in, if not all, most of the revenue streams that we provide. Period. Is that clear for everybody here? That's very much clear to me. Mm -hmm. He's not lying. 
when you think about all of these, like think about how much black folks really put like, they're all into social media. We made these social media platforms what they are. From YouTube to Facebook to Instagram to TikTok. When YouTube started all those many years ago, most of the top people on YouTube at the time were black content creators who did sketch comedy. And they would click up and, you know, do sketches at each other's houses and stuff like that. Then what happened is that a lot of the white content creators started coming on there, biting their style. And then they got elevated. You know, Shane Dawson got mm-hmm. elevated through the YouTube algorithm, whereas people who were doing the same thing, you know, dressing like women and acting goofy, you know, black content creators, they didn't get pushed through the algorithm like a Shane. They weren't able mm-hmm. to make a living and become a millionaire over the past 10 years on YouTube like a Shane Dawson. Just like with Instagram, I'll never forget Quay said this. He said, I had one of the most popular channels on Instagram. Because remember, that's the one that dresses like TT, like he acts like a female with the blonde hair and the pink lips. Okay, that's Quay. He said he'll never forget he had one of the, you know, biggest followings on Instagram. You know, anytime he'd post a video, he'd have, you know, thousands of likes. And he was dead broke. Dead broke. And then finally, like, Tyler Perry gave him a chance, and then he started, you know, becoming more commercial. And since then, he's been op- able to open up plenty of restaurants. That's yeah. what you do. You know, You, you when, once you finally get the ball rolling, you create businesses. But we create yeah. a lot of stuff, a lot of content. We bring a lot of foot traffic to a lot of these social media sites, and we don't own anything in the company itself. Nobody's getting a billion-dollar check like Mark Zuckerberg. He's not splitting that with all the people who are on social on his Facebook page going back and forth and arguing and creating content, you know? So what Joe is saying is right. This is the next wave is podcasting. Let's keep it real. The, all the other stuff is getting oversaturated. You got the YouTube and the TikToks and the Instagram where you post pictures and all that stuff. So the next wave is podcasting. You see how the record labels are jumping to make, you know, their top artists start a podcast and all this other shit. Everybody wants to be a commentator now. Nobody wants to be commentated on, but they want to give opinions, which is very interesting. But I say that to say that this is the next wave. So what Joe Budden is saying is instead of just being content with 50 percent of I'm going to bring a bunch of black folks here. Let's let them know, like, we are content creators. People are coming to Spotify to listen to the Joe Button podca- um, podcast, to listen to, um, what's the other one, the other Joe, Joe Rogan. Like, we're bringing this foot traffic. We're bringing you, you know, listeners so that way you can pump advertisements in their ear and, and everything else. So we just want to be paid fairly. This is that status quo that Joe was referring to. It's sad, but it's the truth. It's- as long as we can remember, before we were alive, they were always taking our culture, whatever we got, and finding a way to profit off of it without breaking bread with us. It's always been like that. Mm-hmm. Joe's speaking up and calling it out. Like, it's 2020. Like, when are we going to get hit to the game? Like, why are we still allowing everybody else to eat off of everything? We're not just talking about hip-hop. We're talking about everything that we as a culture make cool. And then some corporation comes along and takes it over. And then, you know, I mean, look at, um, what's the game? 
Fortnite? Mm-hmm, Fortnite. With all, with all the dances that were started by little black kids or yep. artists, you know what I'm saying? They're not getting any kind of publishing or any kind of revenue for that. No, absolutely not. I mean, even when you think about, um, you know, how many kids have started those TikTok dances, like the little black girl who started mm-hmm. I'm a Savage, and then the bigger white TikTokers take it, totally disregard her, and then they're getting Dunkin' Donuts $10 million deals, you know, to be the face of Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, it's it's very frustrating when you have somebody speaking truth to power and then you have somebody else trying to dismiss it because they just want to get a check. And that's what I'm seeing here between, you know, the whole Joe Budden and the whole Charlemagne situation. And regardless of how you feel about Joe Budden, regardless if you feel like he's a dog fucker or, you know, he beats women, you know, I'm not here to debate that. Okay, we're not even talking about that topic. The topic at hand is what he's saying. And like I've always said, for me, I'm never going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. The truth is the truth, no matter who tells it. I don't care if it's Joe Button, Candace Owens, or Cardi B. The truth is the truth. And what he's saying is nothing but a bunch of truth. And it also speaks to his integrity. Because that's one thing that a lot of people in the industry don't have. And I'm talking about integrity when it comes to this podcast. I'm not really talking about it when it comes to anything else. But when it comes to his podcast and his relationship with his two best friends, um, Rory and Mal, it says a lot of integrity. Because he easily could have took... Any kind of deal from Spotify took the little so-called nigga trinkets and the Rolex watches and all that mm-hmm. stuff and been like, well, I'm good. Y'all can stay or y'all can leave. But, you know, I am the face of the show. I am Joe Budden. But he didn't do that. He said, I'm trying to make it where everybody eats. You yeah. guys, the camera person, the, the the lighting. I want my whole clique to eat. And a lot of people don't think like that. He He made a perfect point when he says, when he was doing Everyday Struggle and he talked to DJ Academics and he was like, yo, what are we doing? We made Complex pop. Remember when you had this discussion mm-hmm. of the day? Nobody was checking for Complex four years ago. That the only person that you saw on Complex was Jinx. That was it. It was like a news hip hop station, right? On YouTube. They mm-hmm. literally switched it around. They bought traffic. They reinvented Complex. But Joe Budden said that he had tapped DJ Academics on the shoulder and said, hey, how about we just do our own thing? We done bought in all these followers. Most of them came from DJ Academics fan base. So let's keep that real because Complex wasn't even at a million at that point. They were only at like maybe like 600,000. And then Joe Budden's fan base. So once he's seen how much energy, you know, him and DJ Academics were able to create in such a buzz, it's like, well, hey, let's own this ourselves. Like, I'm the one who came up with the idea. We can leave Complex mm-hmm. and just start our own YouTube channel and have everybody come you know, come there. And then all the revenue that we make on that YouTube channel is split 50-50. Why are we playing for the Complex's, you know, mortgage on this building and the lights and the camera person when we can hire our own camera people? It can be a group of four people. That's more of a bag for us to split. As opposed to splitting it with, you know, corporate execs at Complex who have nothing to do with everyday struggle, but they're still eating off of it. Not to mention, with the straw that, the straw that broke the camel's back for Joe was Complex got bought by Verizon. Mm-hmm. That was a huge bag. And Joe was like, we're not getting any of that. Like, none of that's going to trickle down to it. Even though we're the reason that you're probably getting bought. Yep. 
Right, and that's a question we have to ask ourselves as people of color. You know, how long are we going to keep being the commodity? How long are we going to keep using our talents, our ideas, and allowing corporations to commodify it? This goes back to the versus battle that I was speaking of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was just supposed mm-hmm. to be a quarantine thing. Hey, we're mm-hmm. bored. Let's get this celebrity and this celebrity go together and, you know, they can play their music. Then what happened? Once they seen there was traffic and a possible check to get, Apple hopped on that. Yep, here comes Apple. Came running full force. Oh, let's cut you a check real quick, uh, Timbaland and Pharrell or whoever started. I believe it was Timbaland. Mm -hmm. We're going to cut you this check and we're going to make it a big, you know, corporate, you know, versus thing. And now it's corporate. Whereas imagine they would just kept it grassroots. Now watch what happens next. Mm-hmm. When you got Miley Cyrus versus Christina Aguilera, don't mm-hmm. say we didn't tell you first. Don't say they didn't hear it here first. Right. Because now that you've let corporate in, they can take it and pervert it and make it like they always do, water it down and make it whatever they want it to be. So when you got Leon Rhymes on there versus Celine Dion, don't be mad. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear Timberland and Swiss Beats on Instagram crying and complaining and talking all this black ownership boss shit. Because you wrote off, you sold it for whatever you sold it for at the time. But we, we continually do that. We we get caught up, we make something cool, and then we let somebody else run off with the bag. Right. And we do that with everything. Mm-hmm. Because we're so used to, you know, being the commodity. We keep allowing ourselves to be commodified instead of being bosses. And that's all Joe is trying to say. So regardless if you like him or don't like him, that that makes me no difference. I could care less. But the truth is the truth. And he said a lot of real stuff in that podcast, you know, and I feel like the reason why all of that stuff came out and he's been going through what he's been going through is because that was a humiliation ritual and it was also a narcissistic attack by people with very close ties to iHeartRadio. And what I also find funny, um, because we were talking about this earlier, how Mm -hmm. a lot of people get to a certain level, then they switch up. And it's one thing to grow. You know, we're all supposed to grow. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. You know, so I'll give people that. But you shouldn't change so much to where all of a sudden now you feel like you're so above the fray and that you can talk down to people and, and, you know, act a certain way. And that's the vibe I get from Charlemagne now. And Charlemagne needs to realize that you're not too far removed from the fuck shit that you were doing just a few years ago. Because just a few years ago, you were also bragging about your puppy dog licking your balls. I mean, they're talking about how I got my... The only, only, only motherfuckers I'm exploiting sexually is the puppy that licked my balls when I was high as hell laying on the couch. That's probably like one of the few sex stories in my book. A puppy took advantage of me. Uh, a puppy? Yeah, Pitbull puppy. I used to have this brindle Pitbull puppy, and I was high as hell laying on the couch, and I had on some boxer briefs, and my nuts was hanging out the boxer briefs, and the dog came and just started licking my balls, and I didn't stop him. <laughs> well, what were you high off of, Charlotte? 
like weed. Weed, weed and liquor. That's all, that's the only drug I ever did. I did I smoked woolers once. I did weed and cocaine once. But that was just weed. <laughs> yeah. And then what what's so crazy is I also heard after I did my live stream yesterday that he's also threatening to sue bloggers. Now I find that very, very comical because this is the same man who literally made a name for himself harassing, being the nastiest of the nastiest towards celebrities, saying whatever, remember, putting all their business remember, out there. Mm-hmm. You remember when, like, if Jayla was on a breakfast club and she left, he would sniff her seat? Like, right. Now you're Mr. Black Excellence, and you're going to, like, how can we forget? Right, that you were sniffing seats and making little mama cry. You know, and my thing is, imagine if every celebrity that he's ever offended... Or, you know, told lies or half-truths on, you know, who knows, or just, you know, talk shit about. Imagine if they all got together and sued him. Mm-hmm. So I find it very comical that now he's threatening to sue bloggers. And it's like, dude, really? Like, come on. And if they sued, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but if they sued him and named iHeartRadio in that suit, what do you think would happen the next day with Charlene and iHeartRadio? Right. Exactly. It's dropping like a bad habit. Right. So I, I just feel like, you know, as he's grown, because like I said, I, I like to see growth in people and, and people doing better. But I feel like, you know, there's also this weird condescending nature that's coming from him. And it's yeah. like a few years ago, you were doing Vlad TV couch interviews. Just, exactly. you know. I remember when he, sh- when he shit on the last. It was like, I'm not messing with Vlad. Right. They just started speaking again. Yeah, and that was weird. You know, so it seems like he has an attitude like he wants to low-key be the only one in media, especially the black face of media. Oh, yeah, this is all competition-based and and competitiveness. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where was all this energy when him and Joe were doing those pull-ups year in when they were Mm -hmm. both jointly hating on everything that happened throughout the year, like when you were doing all this business, and all of a sudden, okay, it's time to separate. Right. It's very, like, catty and naked and Kind of phony, like. Yeah, it's if same. I was Joe, I would, I would be hurt. Like, like, damn! I thought we were boys. Like, I've seen them; they were kind of like blown up together. And I was like, "You got this far for you to kind of like try to trip me up and cut my throat." Right. Especially, like I said, the, the conversation that Joe was initially having with Spotify had absolutely nothing to do with Charlemagne. You know, and Joe let it let the cat out the bag that low key Charlemagne went to Spotify and asked for his own oh, podcast deal, and they told his ass, you know, suck my suck my peen. We're not giving mm-hmm. you a Spotify deal. Go talk to iHeartRadio. And we'll find out from deep down. He feels like Joe has something to do with blocking that deal. Yeah, maybe he you feels know, that way. Not true. It's mm-hmm. always based on some kind of hate. I think when uh, his ex was Tariri was like. Airing him out uh-huh. during that interview with the dude from Justin Lee. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. And did you know she mentioned Charlemagne? Because I remember when she had said that, you had caught me. We were talking and you were saying, don't you find it weird that she mentioned Charlemagne? It's almost like Charlemagne sent her mm-hmm. to go do this interview. Because why would his name just be brought up randomly? And how did it switch from her talking about Vado to her just strictly talking about Joe? I remember I you like, saying well, that. Quick. Well played, Charlamagne. Yeah, yep. We were saying that two weeks ago. So I mean, the, I the, like, 
ever since that he made that comment about HBO walking him out the front door, mm-hmm. that's why that, that, that probably burnt him. Yeah, I thought when he even when Joe said that, I was like, ooh. That was kind of a low blow, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, he mentioned Joe first. And, yeah, after he said that about the HBO deal, the very next day, here comes Tahir, uh, Tahiri. Joe Button was beating my ass, and he broke my nose and cracked my rib. I'm like, where did all this old-ass tea come from? We've been knowing all this. Why is this resurfacing? And the, the saddest thing in all this is, like, like we come from the 90s, but we remember when, I say, what, 97, 98? When Bad Boy was on top of the game, but at the same time, No Limit was like dropping gold albums every week. Mm-hmm. Master P owned eighty five percent. Puffy probably owned forty to fifty percent, mm-hmm. but they were both winning. They were both powerful, so you can do both. Charmaine could go over there and get a check and put a bunch of people on and do his thing, and Joe could go over here and try to get market share. There's nothing wrong with that. Why can't y'all both? But when y'all going at each other like this, it just makes the whole culture look bad. Why? Right. And you got to look at the corporations that are looking at y'all like, yeah, like we got them. Like, That's what they want to see. Doing, yeah, and all you're doing right now is creating more controversial content for them to sell to us or to get us to watch so they can run up their ad revenue that none of y'all are getting a part of right now. So right. Like they went either way. Oh, yeah. They're always going to be the winners in the end. You know, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out. But I definitely think that it was a a very good two hour podcast. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, The part about Charlemagne starts like in the middle all the way to the end. I think I watched like the first 30 minutes and they were just, you know, clowning and having fun. But I, I caught in at the part about Charlemagne and he said a lot of real stuff. You know, and he really broke down that deal. You know, and again, like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of people like titles and they like, you know, names, mm-hmm. but they don't really understand the deal. <laughs> they don't really understand how the money moves. You know, when Nori, when they caught Nori, that just left a really, really bad taste in my mouth. You know, like he just really did. He didn't even know the name of the damn thing that, you know, podcast. And he's been doing his thing long enough with Drake Champs that. He should. He shouldn't just be happy to be here. He should be fast. Right, right. Because even he was like, "Yeah, we trying to get you over here, uh, Joe." Joe laughed like, "Absolutely not." Right. <laughs> Nori put a lot of work into Drink Champs. He doesn't mm-hmm. need Charlemagne. He doesn't need to be under their umbrella at all. You know, when you've been grinding on your own and you put in work, you you you, and you're used to being your own, you know, quote unquote boss. You're not going to give up that freedom or that ownership too easily. Most people who do that, you know, are just kind of on the lazier side. Right. They're bringing bringing a lot of this music industry shit over into the podcast. You know, DJ Academics is starting a podcast, too. No, he isn't. He's he's starting a podcast. He's looking for a podcast podcast partner. So that lets you know this podcast game they're going to turn it into like the music industry and they're trying to get a hold of everybody. They're going to start with the bigger names, the people who have more brand Mm -hmm. recognition. And then eventually there won't be a space for just regular Joe Schmoes to do a podcast and, you know, state their opinion or state how they feel on topics and still be able to, to receive a decent revenue because you're going to have to pay all that big money to a Miley Cyrus. Or Beyonce, you know? And they're going to have all these celebrities that are going to mess up the whole market. Right, just like they did on YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, I remember a point when, when Instagram first came out, there were no celebrities on Instagram. It was regular people. And you got to go through the Instagram algorithm and, you know, the Explorer page and Instagram pushed you through. And now in the Explorer page, what do you see? Oh, little Boosie posted this. Well, not no more. But during quarantine or, you know, court, uh, check out Tory Lanez's quarantine radio. I, I don't follow these people. Why are they being recommended to me? So that's what's going to happen with the podcast game. We said it here oh. first. <laughs> So on that note, we've been on an hour. This was an amazing conversation. So I really want to thank you for, you know, coming through and chopping it up with me and my audience. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Any last words? (laughs) No, we'll stay tuned to this because trust me, this little situation is not over. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait to see what Charlemagne's rebuttal is going to be or if he's just going to play crazy and act like he's above Joe Button, he doesn't want to respond back, but he'll throw low key shots like he always does. Maybe he'll pull that little uh, mental health card and start talking about trauma and all that other stuff, like the book. Yeah, we'll you have know. to wait and see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on that note, thank you for joining me. Thank you, T Sippers, for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you guys again next time. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.